0: the Love, Heal, Right podcast. I'm your host, Erin Gray. And today we are welcoming Heather Lee Strom, the author of Canine Spirit Guides. And we just dive into a beautiful conversation on healing, love, and light. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. Wow. Okay. So I am so happy to welcome today an incredible, guest, Heather Lee Strom. She is a galactic canine channel and the author of Canine Spirit Guides. We have had a whole thing trying to log on to record this session that I kind of want to start there um, (laughs) in the power of these guides and heather lee i'm so happy you are here i'm so happy we are finally recording and i I can't wait to engage and dive into this whole conversation this is going to be such high vibrational amazing information i'm so happy you are here to talk to our audience about this and i'm just so so grateful you are here welcome
1: Thank you so much for having me, Erin. I'm very excited and obviously it's going to be a galactic conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So just to
0: help our listeners out, we just spent probably 20 minutes trying to get Riverside to work. And Riverside is amazing, just to be clear. Neither of us have ever had any issue. There's never been a problem and we literally could not make it work. And so now we're using plan B to make this conversation happen. So, but but as I was talking about that, Heather Lee then chimed in on that. So, why don't you share what what you had to say about that?
1: Well, the the energy and the power that these canine guides carry is so magnificent that a lot of times the electronics will just shut down. <laughs> I've had just my, literally what happened. It's <laughs> literally shut down. <laughs> they just have so much energy and if they don't temper it down, They tend to interfere (laughs) with electronics. So um, I've had my phone just completely die for no reason, just absolutely shut down for like two hours just because it was too much energy. So, (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. and I mean, I think that is such a great. I, I mean, I have so many questions and I have there's so much about this conversation I want to dive into because I myself have done several mediumship sessions on this podcast and I do mediumship privately as well. And, but that's with angels and, and humans who have passed, crossed over. I'm curious as a channel, like what does that experience look like for you? Or, or do you have a perspective of what those two, Feel like differently, or how that experience is for you in mediumship. So, so our audience is used to hearing a bit about mediumship. So, I thought this is what I was so interested. Well, many reasons why I was interested to talk to you today, but um, how this might differ, and and what that experience looks like for you, and how you even came to know that it was mediumship that you were experiencing, and and that that was conversation from the other side that you were were
1: hearing. Yeah, there's a lot of questions in there to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's a big bullet there to, to digest. Let's start with first, I don't really consider myself a medium. Mm. Um, To me, mediums are much more broad, broader than what I do. I specialize, my specialty is only in the canine spirit guides. Mm -hmm. That's my mission and my job here. And it's always been my job in all dimensions. And that's why I'm the chosen one here right now to introduce them to humanity. Although they've been with us forever forever since the beginning of time but they've always been undercover they never really felt like the assistance they were giving us needed to be known they wanted to keep it secret they didn't they weren't looking to be to be given credit but mm-hmm. as we know humanity is shifting and it's ever so important that we heal and that we heal quickly and so now we're getting an influx of assistance We're becoming, the veil is lifting. We're becoming much more aware of what we have access to and who we are and why we're here. So now they're like, okay, let's do this. Let's introduce ourselves. Let's make it known. Let's offer them free access. I mean, when I say free, I mean having access to. On demand, the type of instant healing they don't know they're capable of.
0: Mm, Humans, that humans, humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: humans. Because, you know, we've been programmed to think that healing takes time. Mm-hmm. And it ta- it's a process. I I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, "Well, it's a process. It'll take a while." No, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's not supposed to take a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, my episode last week was on winter wellness, and how it is all about energetic frequency. And yeah. as you raise your energetic frequency, you are in a state of health. And it's only yeah. when our energetic frequency lowers that we find ourselves in. In illness. And so it's just a function of keeping that energetic frequency high to maintain that health. So, so that as you, so that I think that's what you're saying, right? Is like, as we shift into that higher frequency, we can have this instantaneous healing.
1: Well, no, actually it's the other way around. Mm. So we can have the, the instantaneous healing is what we require so that we can dump, I call it dumping the tanks so that we can empty out
0: the mm-hmm. lower vibrational no mm-hmm. frequency
1: mm-hmm. and allow the space for the higher frequency. So mm-hmm. if you keep trying to shove higher frequency in and you haven't dumped the tanks, mm. you're going to go up and then you're going to come down again. It's like a hot air balloon that has too much weight on it. Mm.
0: That's a very interesting perspective. I love I love that. And I've read that in, in the terms of that they talk about it being a vacuum that you, as you dump, Lower vibrational things, it creates a vacuum. To um, I think that might have been in Moonology. I don't know if you've read that Bye. diary. It's a it's actually really cool. I'll include a link down below. I just started it this year. It's a a diary that tracks the the moon energy. And, and so there's some weeks that we are supposed to, you know, go for it. And then there's some weeks we're supposed to rest and there's some weeks we're supposed to dump. And, and so she actually talks about that dumping creates a vacuum
1: for, for what we want. Mm -hmm. Right. And the the vacuum allows more of your own divine soul to come in. Mm -hmm. So our, our physical bodies can only handle a small portion of our soul. So, and as you are occupied by denser energetic uh, material, we'll say memories, uh, trauma, uh, patterning that you're not even aware of, you can't hold as much of your own soul mm-hmm.
0: because the the patterns and the memories are taking the space that your energetic soul would. Would yeah and
1: it's it's heavier inside the capsule the capsule that yeah. is our human body. Mm-hmm. And it's hap- it it's heavier and it's denser because that's that's the nature of lower vibrational material. And mm-hmm. so it takes up more space than it should and so all of our divine soul can't come in and we can't experience it. So so many of us walk around going who am I or we try and and mm-hmm. find the pieces of ourselves because they're missing. And that's why they're missing because we have all this lower density that's occupying that space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think that's interesting, you know, Ram Dass and many other spiritual teachers will talk about cultivating the witness and that we use this technique to place those thoughts or those memories or those patterns on a screen so that we can just then bask in our soul and our divineness. Um, and I think that's, That's kind of another way to remove it out of the body so that you then create more access and space. I love this visual so much. Now, how can this, how do your
1: canine spirit guides lead you to
0: this place?
1: Well, they healed me instantly. So I, I wasn't a channel before I wrote my book. I didn't even know I could write a book. I didn't know I was psychic at all. I was just being led to write a book. And through a dream, my, my guides, my personal guides gave me the title of the book.
0: And those, when you say your personal guides, are these angelic creatures, human creatures or animal creatures?
1: Oh, just your typical spirit guides. Okay. They're they're not really human, but but I'm not talking about that. It's not, it's different than the canine spirit guides. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was trying to
0: clarify for. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. They were my personal guides, but. Yeah. They were guiding me in the the title of the book and that's how I knew I was writing about dogs. Mm. So that was my first clue. But as I started to write stories about my dogs, that's when I was led to begin uh, meditating in order to have access to a higher meaning or a higher message about the stories of my dogs. And as I was meditating more and more, I noticed that I began to have these really intense experiences and they were healing experiences. What and does that
0: look like? What do you, what do you mean? If, if you're open to sharing what that sure, might be, like, Sure.
1: Yeah. Like. So it was a physiological response, very intense. So I'd be sitting in meditation and I'd feel this energy shift mm-hmm. and my body would start to tremble all over, go into spasms even. Mm-hmm. Tears would stream down my face, even though I wasn't crying. And my body would go full on rigid and my mouth would open up as, it's like an, in the alien movie, my mouth would open up as wide as yeah. possible uh-huh. pointed upward at the sky. And it's like this massive light just came pouring out of me as eons and eons of trauma were just removed out of me. And it was the most incredible experience I've ever had. And my whole life I had been searching for healing because I knew I was broken and mm-hmm. I tried everything. I've tried self-help. I've tried hypnosis. I've tried counseling. I tried everything and mm-hmm. nothing had a permanent fix for me. Mm-hmm. So when this happened, I was like, wow, that's really intense. And, and each time it happened, I was more and more connected or more and more aware of the canine spirit guides. So I started to get more information from them about who they were. Their, their names, their job titles, their messages, and how they tied into the book and the actual message in the book and how my dogs, my, the story of me and my dogs mm-hmm. was their attempt to help me along my path. Mm. And when you say
0: my dog, do you mean like physical, tangible? Yeah. So you you yourself are a dog lover in what? in-, in in earthly life as well as spiritual. I
1: I was a professional dog trainer and competitor and dog breeder. So I've had 30 of my own personal dogs. So there's quite a few dog stories to tell. (laughs) (laughs) Now the book itself, is it, fiction or is it nonfiction? No, it's, it's nonfiction. It's a, it's basically an autobiography mm. because the, the 10 dogs in the book cover my entire lifespan so far. So from the edge of four to my mid fifties. So oh. it's, and it's basically a, a tale of how, of my journey of how I got here and how my awakening happened. Mm. Like, Do you want to give me an
0: example or give our audience an example of one of your dogs and the lesson that you might have learned or healing that you might have received from one of one of those dogs?
1: Yeah, my favorite dog in the book is Apache and she's, her spirit guide is on the cover of the book mm. for the ones watching the video. ah. Yeah. This is her Beautiful. spirit guide. This is Oregon. And um, Apache was my favorite heart dog. I've had so many though. They're all, they all have a, all these heart dogs have a different place in my heart, but. Oh, I love that you call it a heart dog. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but she was the most impactful dog of my life. And she was obviously something very, very special. And We had to separate prematurely because of me, because I, deep down inside, I didn't realize this at the time, but while I was writing the book, they showed it to me, but she was so incredible that I didn't feel like I deserved her. I didn't feel like I deserved to have her. So, and also, and what I was telling myself at the time was that I needed to let her go so that she could be the queen of her own castle without having to compete with my other dogs.
0: <laughs>
1: so, you know, I had a, a rational, you know, process in dealing with this, but I rehomed her when she was three or four years old and she was an incredible dog. And we were so bonded that when I did this, it broke her heart. Of course, my heart was broken too. Right, And so a couple of weeks went by and I could feel her. Now, this was before I knew I was psychic or clairvoyant mm-hmm. or anything that, mm-hmm. like that. I would be on the training field with my other dogs and I would feel her there with me. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, how could this be? How could she be here in spirit form if she's still alive? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of brushed it aside. I thought maybe it was just my overactive, over-active imagination. <laughs> so, but- I got a call from her new owners and they had just taken her to get spayed and she had a unknown blood clotting disorder and she was bleeding out from the surgery. Mm-hmm. She was trying to die so she could come back to me. Aww. So while I had just after I got off the phone with her new owners, I mean they were heartbroken cuz they already loved her dearly and did not right. want to lo- lose her. Right. So when I got off the phone, I just sat down quietly and, and tried my best. I didn't know what I was doing. I tried my best to connect with her energetically. And mm-hmm. I just said, you know, it's killing me too, but you have to stay with them. You're going to break their heart if you mm-hmm. don't. And they need to love you now. Mm-hmm. We can be together at a later time. Like I didn't know what I was saying about right. <laughs> It all listening. turned it out to be true, but uh-huh. um, I said, please do this for me. Just stay with them and we'll have our time again at, at another point. I need to do this now and I need you there. Well, she made it. She did recover fully and she did spend another 10 years with them. So wow. she honored my request, but I never heard from them again. So I had no idea what was going on. hmm Two years after she died, they called me looking for another dog. (laughs) Like, what? She died? You you weren't going to tell me she died? (laughs) But what ended up happening was she came back to me the second she died, and she traded places energetically with the dog that I had at that time. Mm -hmm. And this is what they call a Mm -hmm. walk-in. So at that time... I noticed a change in that dog. And I even remarked to several people that she reminded me of, it it was her aunt, because she, Mm -hmm. this dog was a daughter of her sister. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I said, she reminds me so much of her since when did this happen? You know, since when was she like this? I mean, she just seemed to change a little bit. Mm -hmm. I noticed it, but I just thought it was my imagination. Yeah. So it was in writing this book that they explained all of that to me.
0: Mm. Have you read Dolores Cannon's Between Death and Life? No, I haven't read that one. Okay, So you, I think we'll find that fascinating and I'll include a link down below. Okay. But in, do you know, do you, are you familiar with Dolores Cannon's work? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in this book, Between Death and Life, in one of her past life regressions, the person that she was tending to died in the past life and, but the session wasn't done. And so then it took this person took Dolores to the other side and got to experience what happens after death. And, and then After that first session, she realized the person doesn't actually physically die. And so then she repeated that session a thousand times and every single session confirmed the same information. So then she put into this book, all of that. And so she actually talks about walk-ins in that Mm -hmm. book on how we, if there's, there's only so many physical containers, but there's so much more spirit that needs to come in and only so many containers (laughs) that we, that we have that we can then use. Yeah. Yeah. For people that feel that, I love that you call it the heart dog, because I feel like I actually don't have a dog. I, you know, as a child, we had one, I was, I was the youngest. So our dog was very old. And, and my only memory was her feeling, being very sick and old oh. and, and then passing away. And so I haven't felt as, as much of that heart connection. My, my daughter would love a dog, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's interesting. Part of what you talked about with this spirit In meditations and in some of the work I've done, there's a black lab that shows up in in that work for me, which I've always thought was very interesting since I don't actually have a dog. So I thought that this was very interesting. Um, You know, for people that do have that heart dog in their life or feel like they are receiving guidance or what does that guidance look like them and for you and, and what, what advice would you give to people who are looking to explore this or, or like me or having dog at, you know, canine energy showing up in their meditations or showing up in their work? What, what guidance would you give
1: people? So the, the canines are part of our soul family. They're, they're our soulmates. They are one of our soulmates. So anyone who's from your soul family is a soulmate. It's, mm-hmm. And I think we misuse that term because it's, to me, most people associate it with like a a, a marriage partner only, mm-hmm. right? You can have so many different soulmates in your life experience. Uh, it's not just a romance. Answer to the question everybody asks. <laughs> yeah. It's not just romantic. And so anytime you have that connection with someone from your soul family, you feel it in your deep down in, inside your soul. It's a soul mm-hmm. tug. Mm-hmm. So your mm-hmm. animals, your dogs, especially, especially for the sake of this conversation are also your soul mates because they're from your soul family. And that's why they're in your life. So you can have the same dogs recycling. If you've had more than one dog, you can have the same dogs recycling throughout your entire life to come and give you more uh, support. And that's what they're here for is to support humanity they're much more evolved than we are (laughs) Mm -hmm. spiritually. So they actually know what's going on in our lives. They know what our soul path is. They know why we came here and they know how they need to support us to keep us on track. So that Mm -hmm. being said, your dogs will try and connect with you and the, and the canine spirit guides will try and connect with you because those two are not the same. The dog soul is different from the canine spirit guide. Mm-hmm. The, the canine spirit guides are more like a spiritual council of the dog, but they're not for the dog, they're for humanity. So the dogs mm-hmm. carry them. They, they grant them access to us because of the heart connection we have with, with our dogs.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: so your dog will uh, attempt to redirect you or agitate you into motion, or break your heart so that you're open to some really deep soulful healing. Mm -hmm. They will hold space while you're in a a cocoon and you need Mm -hmm. to just hold. You know, some of us get really sick. Mm -hmm. where we get really sad, depressed, lonely, and we just can't get out of that funk. We're in a holding phase. And so the dogs are there just holding our energy Mm -hmm. because we can't hold it. When we're in that space, our energy is too low. We're not holding our own energy
0: anymore. Mm -hmm. And I know Eckhart Tolle has a book about animals that he had written that he talks a lot about that the animals take our illness or take our into that they do way more for us than what we even yeah. believe that we do for them even the, the most loved animals yeah. do you want to speak to that at
1: all? Oh yeah the, the first dog in my book Tori she did that and I didn't know she was doing that I got really well I actually didn't get sick because she got really sick. Oh, <laughs> she, right. We had we had mold in our house and I didn't know it. And she was absorbing all of those spores, absorbing all of the illness to try and keep it from reaching me. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know any of this was happening uh, until she she suddenly died at five years old. So she kept it all to herself. At one point, she acted like she was sick for a second. And I picked up on it Mm -hmm. and I, I got worried and I rushed her to the vet they couldn't find anything wrong with her. Absolutely nothing wrong with her. Because when I was on the way to the vet in the car, she's sitting in the back seat. I'm I'm crying my eyes out because I know something is really wrong. And I plead with her. I said, please, if this is something serious, please don't let it be long and drawn out because it's Mm -hmm. already breaking my heart. Mm -hmm. So what she did at that moment was she said, okay, I'll keep it to myself until the very end. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what she did. They never found out what was wrong with her, even though I kept taking her to the vet. They didn't know anything was happening until it was at she was at the very end. And I saw the tumor in her chest, and I just knew it it was time. But oh, she no. had kept all of that to herself because of my request. Mm. completely to her. We were competing. I mean, she just, she would she didn't let on that. She was in any pain at all until that very last couple days. And then it was, she was, she was gone fast, Mm -hmm. but yes, they will absorb. Mm -hmm. They will absorb things to protect us. But then also sometimes when we need to be aware of it and we need to take action, they will reflect it to us. So Mm -hmm. they will reflect behaviors to us that, that are representative of our need to take on a new energy or a new action. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: if you have the dog that's, that is the escape artist and they have archetypes Mm -hmm. that they've shared with me too. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if you have the escape artist dog that just won't stay in their pen or in the fence. And they're just always running off. They're trying to communicate to you that you need to embrace your freedom Embrace Mm -hmm. your free will, do something fun, get out in the world, Mm -hmm. jump and scream for joy, you know, that they're trying to show you that. And then, and until you embrace that, they're going to keep showing you the behavior. That's just one example, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is so
0: powerful. And, you know, for those who don't have a dog or a canine or an animal in their life, would you say that this is equally true of the canine spirit energy as well, that they would reflect back to you and or take on that energy for you? You you talking about the canine spirit guides? Yeah, like for me, for example, I don't, you know, that there's like a small tug in my heart to have a dog, but I, I don't feel like it's ever been the right time And, you know, but like I said, I've, it's, there's a dog that has shown up to me, but it's never felt physically like that was something that I was supposed to do, but I'm so enamored by your sharing and your story that it's like, oh, well, am I missing out on something because I don't have that physical representation, but can I, and I'm sure that there's other people are listening that don't have dog physical dogs. Is that something you can still tap into
1: yeah. So the canine spirit guides will work with anybody. You don't have to have a dog. Mm-hmm. Their, their primary interest is in helping humanity heal. So if mm-hmm. you want to tap into them directly without going through a dog, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and so what does that feel like in mediumship and in intuition classes that I teach? We go through all of the different senses that you can see or feel or hear or taste or touch. What is there a predominant way that the canine spirit shows up in general, or is it like, like it all intuition? It's just very personal to that person.
1: Well, they communicate through me with my clients. Mm -hmm. I will connect with them for sessions and I sometimes see them. I always hear them. I can feel mm. their energy. Each one of them has a completely different energetic pattern and mm-hmm. frequency.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, and I can hear them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to now- clarify, I understand what you're
0: saying, because I experienced that in a, in a different way. But for our listeners, when you say that you hear them, it's as if they are speaking English and messaging to you. It's not, is it not just like, Dog barking, but it's actually like messaging.
1: Oh, I just hear them in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I just get the messages that come yeah. streaming through. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So I thought it was very interesting. I downloaded your ebook, which is available on your website, which is heatherleestrom.com. Right. Uh-huh. Is that yeah. correct? Okay. Yeah. So on there, your ebook has six signs that you're Canines are your canine spirits are trying to speak with you, and one of which that I thought was so interesting. And so, for those who do have dogs, I think that this is perhaps could be very helpful. There was one of those, and and you could speak to all of them if you like, if maybe some of your favorites. But I would love to begin with. It talks about the dog destroying things, and I think so often there is a frustration. <laughs> for owners who are like, Oh my gosh, it's just such a terrible, I I think, uh, child and dog alike parents, you know, the, the misinterpreted child destroys things too, but you talk specifically about the dog destroying things, but that it's actually in and of
1: itself a message to you. Do you want to speak about that? Yeah. It's always a reflection. So, you know, because, and this is what I didn't understand as a dog trainer, like, these dogs would have these behaviors with their family. But then if I took them, they didn't have the behaviors. Mm-hmm. All people had to do is hand me the leash and the dog instantly changed. Mm-hmm. So there, the dog is communicating a specific message to that person that it's offering the behavior to. But then when I took the dog, I didn't need the message. So there was no, there was no behavior, (laughs) but you know, if you have the dog, you
0: didn't need that message, right? That message wasn't intended for you, right? Right. mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So if that dog came to my house, there would be no issue there with what they were doing at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and, and a lot of it is energetic frequency too. You know, I carried myself in a way that they were like, Oh yep, it's all good here. (laughs) <laughs> you know,
0: so you as to, far as dog training, then do you think that I'm, I'm so I don't know how to formulate this question. That's like coming through my mind right now is because you said that you'd spent all of this time as a dog trainer, but that really these are messages. I mean, is there a reason to train and, or does that just create the structure and the construct for the dog to then just better communicate with you because they feel safe and secure and and provided for.
1: Well, now from my perspective, training serves more of a structure for the relationship, mm-hmm. and uh, it it lays out expectations because mm-hmm. you know we have to exist within a framework of society. Mm-hmm. So certain things are acceptable in society, and certain things are not. Um, you want to make sure that the dog, even though he might have a message for the child, he doesn't deliver that in a bite, you know? (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. so because you have to understand there, there's an animal part of the dog and there's a spiritual part of the dog, right? Mm -hmm. So the animal part of the dog is going to behave like an animal. And so you Mm -hmm. still have to have, a clear communication with the animal, even though you appreciate and understand the spiritual side. Just mm-hmm. like people, I mean, sometimes we behave like stupid people, <laughs> even though <laughs> we're very highly spiritual people. So right. Right. Uh, you know, you have to and for me, it's always about balance. It's always about weighing the balance. You know, yes, I I I want to be leader of this dog. I don't want to oh, you know torture this dog, but I need the dog to meet me halfway. I need the dog to understand what my expectations are. I don't want you to pee on my floor. I Mm. don't want you to chew my stuff. I want you to respect me. So, and, and energetically you have to see there's a bleed through there. If you don't have the understanding that you want to be respected and you will get respect out of this dog, then you Mm -hmm. don't have the energetic, you don't have the energy of respect. Mm You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. And that you're respecting yourself. Like to your point that it's a
1: mirror that you're
0: respecting yourself. If
1: if you don't have the expectation that this dog will respect you, then you are lacking respect for yourself. Mm -hmm. So then the dog is going to show you messages of respect. He's going to chew up your stuff. He's going to hike his leg on on your furniture. And so that's what you're going to see. And these commonly, what I would see as a dog trainer is these these are the same people who don't want to say no to the dog. So the dog keeps showing you these respect issues and you don't want to say no because you don't have respect for yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. And it was so frustrating for me as a trainer because I'm like, I, I could see it clearly. <laughs> and it's not about you know dominating someone else. It's about mm-hmm. standing up and say, hey, <laughs> this is what my expectation is and you're living in my house and I expect you to live you know by my rules. That's mm-hmm. as simple as it is. You know, you can love mm-hmm. your dogs to death and still want them to interact with you on a on on a civil level.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Oh my gosh, you're tapping into all of my fears on getting the dog.
1: <laughs> oh, I, so I, I, so if you I, have all those fears, that's the dog you're gonna have. I know. I know. I know this. This is why I'm gonna get one.
0: Well, and we're almost empty nesters. I have lots of travel plans. I don't feel like that's fair to the dog either because, you know, we, we have a lot of travel plans. So that that doesn't feel fair to bring a dog into our home and then not be here. Like that That, that yeah. doesn't seem right. That doesn't feel right on my heart. Right. Which is why I think the spirit animal is fantastic. And, you know, as you're talking about this, the part animal, part spirit, the only other dog experience I had, like I said, I had a we had a, a very young or an older poodle when I was younger who, who, you know, my, my memory is just very sad and she's very sickly. And, but walking home from school one day, I was chased down by a Doberman pinter and like pinned up on the, on the garage, like just barking and yelling at me. And, and so I can't, I'm sitting here trying to think through based off this conversation, like, okay, well, what was that? Don't, you know, the, the owner ended up chasing him down and, and saving me. I didn't get bit thankfully, but, but, you know, it was like, okay, well, what was that message was yeah. like, one, was I supposed to learn not to run away from hard things, which I never have. I, I face hard things pretty well, but um yeah, I just think, but then, you know, was that the animal side? Was that a spirit side? I have always been energetically sensitive. I, I am that child that saw ghosts in the house that spoke to it, spoke to spirits, but, you know, saw energy on people. So I would believe that that's a spirit message, although I can't. Well,
1: I I, I see that. I see that happen when people's energies dip down. So because that'll spook an animal, if your energy shifts really quick like that, that'll mm -hmm. spook an animal. And, an animal that's prone to aggression like that, that's mm-hmm. how it will come out. Some animals would be like, oh, crap, and run the other way mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, if, they're, if they tend to be shy like that. But you have an animal that is, is bred and maybe trained, who knows, to stand his ground and to be bravado, mm-hmm. then you come around the corner and your energy is low, then he sees you as a, as a prey. He sees you as a, a, an opportunity to mm-hmm. assert his force on you. Mm-hmm. So that's all that was. That was an opportunity. That was a a ding, 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 gets your energy up. Oh, interesting.
0: I mean, I was like six, but, but yeah, I mean, there was, I could see how that could be, I could see how that could be true there in that moment. Um, I certainly got my energy up as I sprinted. Yeah, right (laughs) for my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is so interesting. I could just keep talking all sorts of things about all of this with you. What do you feel like has been the most, the greatest blessing in all of this work for you as you've written the book and have gone down this journey? Like what would be your final final words of wisdom and what's been your greatest blessing and piece of advice for people moving forward?
1: Well, that's a good one. The biggest thing that came out of this whole experience for me was number one, finally healing from decades of pain that I searched my whole life to find a way to heal was finally receiving that healing. Mm. And it was quick and it was permanent. It wasn't something I had to work at. Mm. Um, but the other thing was getting, just by inviting in the spirit
0: guide healing.
1: Well, they just healed me. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. they they have advanced healing technology and that's what they use in the sessions. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the biggest thing for me was, being able to finally understand the big picture finally seeing how this entire course that i've been on this whole time even the parts that were that were like of me being in a cocoon where i couldn't find my way out that was all scripted, that was all for a reason. Just like in in Dolores Cannon's work, you finally see the big picture and you go, oh my gosh. (laughs) So I wouldn't trade any of it. I wouldn't trade any of the horrible memories I have or the childhood experiences, because those were all necessary in order for me to get to where I am here. And the hardest part for me was to be patient and understand and trust that it was all gonna happen when it was time for it to happen. Mm -hmm. And that's hard for people to understand when you're in the midst of it all to, to really sit back and go, it'll come, it'll come. You'll wake up when you're supposed to wake up and you'll know Mm -hmm. your purpose and your, your path and your job when you're supposed to, and not beforehand, because everything has to line up perfectly.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Right. You won't be energetically ready and and I do believe in the when you tune into that frequency level of where it resides it just flows but to your point I think it's a combination of dumping lower energy but also working your way up that emotional and energetic scale so that you do reach this higher frequency and I don't think that that is a single act I think it's a combination of of a lot of different things that, that raises you up that frequency scale. Gotcha. So good. Oh my goodness. So how can people dive into your work more? You have this incredible book, which I'll include a link down below, and then you do personal sessions. What does a personal session look like for someone who might yeah. be interested in moving forward with you?
1: Yeah, I do private sessions with the canine spirit guides, and that's a 90 minute virtual session. Before I get on the call with a client, I tap into their energy. And I consult with the canine spirit guides and they will download the information that that person needs for the session. So it could be anything, any questions you've had throughout your life uh, that you need answers to, any um, insight into why you're here, what's going on in your life, the people in your life, the dogs in your life, uh, any past life information that you need to know, A lot of people are getting their purpose in life and their mission that they came here to achieve. Mm -hmm. And then when I get on the call with the client, I share what they've downloaded and it usually makes a lot of sense to them, even though it didn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. And then the canine spirit guide that chooses to work with them is significant to the type of energy they need at that moment or the type of healing that they require in order to get them confidently on their path. And so we'll do an instant healing session within that within that that single session so there's mm-hmm. a lot going on in a 90 minute session it's pretty jam packed
0: mm-hmm. a lot of energy
1: moving and usually people are really tired afterwards so they have to allow some space for mm-hmm. their body to catch up <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I also do group sessions. There are some group events on my website that you can join that are virtual at the moment. They will There will be some in-person groups coming up. Mm-hmm. And, and Although the virtual, I think is so
0: nice because people who are, do not live near you then have yeah. the opportunity to to explore your work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it works really nicely that way too. I'm really surprised at how well it works, but I also do a podcast of my own that's on YouTube where I download messages from the canine spirit guides. And then we go into a, a healing session around that message on the podcast. So that's available to people as well.
0: And is that just heatherlee.com?
1: It's on YouTube. So my handle's heather underscore lee underscore strom. Okay. Um, and that's linked through my website too. You can find it that way. Yeah. So I'll um, include all
0: that down below.
1: Yeah. Um, so and did you happen fun to fun. find the, the free meditation from Anthea on my website? Because that's incredible too. I did not,
0: I downloaded your ebook, but, but we'll make sure that that is
1: listed down below too. That is yeah. amazing. That's a, that's a, a meditation that Anthea offered uh, one of the spirit guide, the canine spirit guides, and it's very powerful for healing. So check that out. Even if you don't like meditation, check it out. It's pretty mm-hmm. strong. So great. Well, I can speak to that. This energy blew up
0: my soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, there was definitely some very high energy coming in today. And Mm -hmm. Heather Lee, I'm so, so grateful for you sharing all this information. I'm glad we found our work around and could make this happen and share. And I look forward to hearing more as your journey continues. Thank you so much for joining us today. So grateful.
1: Thank you for having me, Erin. It's been wonderful chatting with you. So
0: good. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this powerful conversation on spirit guides and healing and love and light. If you loved this, thank you so much for sharing and commenting down below. I would love to hear your thoughts and I look forward to seeing you next week. Love yourself enough to heal. Heal yourself enough to thrive. Take care.